Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality, and I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Today on the podcast, one of my favorite people, not just in the business, but in life. My good friend Drew Tappen finally came to the hot seat, which he found out really wasn't so hot, and we had a great time. We talked about his long, successful career on the network side, studio side, and now the production company side. He's currently the chief creative officer for Sally Ann Salsano's hugely successful 495 productions. They created mega hits like Jersey Shore, Party Down South. Drew is an Emmy winner for a wonderful show on a and called Born This Way, and you may be shocked where he stores those Emmys. All right, Drew. <gasps> We're doing it. Yes! <laughs> You're We're ready. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. How did this happen? I don't know. I think we were I think talking. I tricked people. You did. Like, I tricked you into doing this. No, I tricked you. <laughs> From the second I conceived of it, I was like, you're coming I on. Know. I know. I, I have too many secrets to share. <laughs> and you were in New York, I think. When did you move out here? Yeah, I moved out here in August. So I finished off with A&E in October and then started at 495 in October. Okay. We have so much to So cover. much to cover. We have many, many years many to cover. Many years. You're very old. I'm, so, <laughs> but I'm you, very old. But for our listeners, he looks yes. very young, <laughs> very slim, and very handsome. Please yes. keep going. Yes. You're ho- as my mom would say, you're Hollywood handsome. Exa- yeah, please. I don't know what Hollywood you're going to, so. <laughs> uh, but thank you. Very nice. Well, okay. So I always start by saying how we met. I want to know if you remember how we met. I bet you don't. I bet I don't either because I remember mm-hmm. taking meetings with you. Yeah, but, but I don't know if I remember the first time we had I an met official. You. Um, okay, so when did you start? I, I'll tell you the year if you tell me when you started at A and E. I started at A and E. You moved back from L A. From L A. Yes. to A and E in at the very end of 2012. Exactly. So 2013, real screen 2013. Yes, we were at. Union Station in Washington, uh-huh. in that horrible uh, area where everyone where reads, and you're gathering. like, oh, my back's hurting. Yeah. Um, and Bethy, our friend Beth Greenwald, um, rest, introduced us. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's still alive? No, I, mean, I don't know. She's 100% alive, and she's <laughs> killing it, by the way. Of course she Get is. Get her on this podcast. I, hello. She's my she's my little hustler. <laughs> I love Beth. So she introduced, she was, you know, and she's, I look at Beth as a connector. She is. She is. She should be an agent. Right? Yeah. She, you're so right. Why have I never thought? Yeah. Why has she never thought of that? Or she must have. Maybe she has. Right. But she's not a bullshitter, though, so that might be hard. Oh, whoops. Oh, we're already going there. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> and here it starts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Two minutes in. So she said, oh, my God, you don't know Drew Tappan? He just moved from, um, you know, L.A. He's at A&E. And so we chatted a little bit on the train. Oh, we talked actually on the—oh, we were talking from Penn Station down or when no, it was done? No, Union was over. Oh, we were, we were, oh, we were so like, we were done. We were, like, hungover and exhausted. I, I have pictures of her and me on that yes, train ride. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And so then we went our separate ways, and then, yeah, and then we hooked up, and we sold you something, and— and then it was just love at love. fourth sight. Well, so it's, it's that kind of thing like when you when you do work at a network and you do work with producers and you enjoy spending time with them. I know it's all about the idea, but yeah. really it's about the relationships, too. Because yeah. if you can just like we just sat down immediately and we're like, and another thing, and another thing. Yeah. And like, that's nice. When yeah. You know that someone has more to offer than just the, the sheet of paper in front of them too I think that's important yeah it's funny I always joke that like if I if that got me 
every show sold, then, you know, I'd be a, a trillionaire because people do seem to like me. <laughs> but, you know, not everyone. Um, but, yeah. Let's I talk think about who a, doesn't like Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do. We'll talk about that off mic. I know several, literally, when you said that, like four, four people names. just like boop, 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 <laughs> went, went up like little popsicles. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, I couldn't tell you all the people who like me, but I could definitely tell you people don't uh, like me. It's the worst. But it's everyone worst. loves Drew Tappen. No, they do not. What? Like no. And immediately, my little, my little scarecrows pop up also like I've got a whole I got a laundry list and I don't like people too there are a lot of people I don't like there are just as many people that I don't like that don't like me so this is shocking to me my only complaint about you is you're not sometimes not great on the getting back to on the, yeah. on the email oh my god and I said that once to Jason Salarnas yeah. who's also sometimes not sorry Jason because he's probably coming on too he knows I love him like a brother and you guys have the same birthday and are good we friends we do have the same but, but not the same year that you guys both learned that like at the same time when you were working for some Somebody in particular, yeah, and it we, was like a bad habit acquired. Uh, yeah, I'm spilling the tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a, <laughs> there's a little bit of that. I try to be better. And now that, now that we have email, it's better than phone because right. phone was terrible. Phone's really hard. Yeah, <gasps> really hard. And yeah. Like, hey, you text me. Hey, here's a text back. Thank but God, I did... email came like you know a few years ago. <laughs> That's that how old I was. <laughs> By the way, when I started yeah. at MTV, no we email. were really just getting email. Yeah. Oh, and I remember. Was... I was working in news, and someone said, "Do you have email?" And I'm like. What's that? And they explained it to me. And I remember saying, that sounds really stupid. Exactly. Like, Who needs that? Yeah. I was just like, I don't Come get on. it. I don't and need that an sounds email. weird. Exactly. Like, that no. seems very intrusive. <laughs> like, I don't it? really need that. Right. But yeah, I'd had it. I'd been at Warner Brothers just before that. And okay. we had like an in-office CC mail, it was called. Yeah. But when I got to MTV, it was like the big thing. Everyone's like, oh, this email. It's so crazy. <laughs> and the woman that I worked for, God love her, Lisa Berger, um, she, she was said, just don't like. don't return those she emails. Said, she goes, don't do, oh, God, there's so Whatever many emails. Exactly. Don't do that. I love me some Lisa Berger. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is she God. still at Go90? No, she well, well. She went to awesomeness, so oh, she's consulting. Right, that's part so. part of it, or no? I never. I can't. Fit. Oh that boy, whole, talk about being old. I'm like, I'm trying <laughs> to. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out this whole digital. Will world. they buy from us? Yes, yeah, yeah. then uh, for sure. Right. <laughs> then you need to. <laughs> oh, find I must out. know them. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. I know we're like the dinosaurs. That's the scary part. That's that's, scary. That, that's a scary thing. Like you're like you want to be relevant and you want to stay. You know, and you're like I've got a lot of things I've done in the past, but yeah. like what no. is what have you done for me no, today? Nobody cares. No, like, especially not these young shits. No, they're like I places. am a YouTube <laughs> star and I'm a Brazilian. I'm like I don't want to go to your DigiCon, you <laughs> stupid head. <laughs> Did go you read, do something? Are your kids into slime? A little bit, but not like. Okay. They, fortunately, like my sister does that with. Them. I'm like, yeah, you can do that with Aunt Susie. I don't yeah. want to do that. Okay, so. maybe they're also a little young for like the real appeal because it's it's huge. How old are they? Eight. They're going to be eight this summer. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, slime is like the hottest thing. And there's a woman. I don't know if you saw this article in the Times. There's a woman who's 22 who's a multimillionaire from doing slime yes, videos. I did see that. It made me furious. But you know what? My kids were at that age, and your daughter's just, just out of that. Almost probably. 10, yeah. Exactly. But they were into the unwrapping videos. Oh, right. Just with the weird, right. the, slightly fo- the slightly foreign, <laughs> right. the slightly foreign accent with the hands, and like, oh, look what thing. I had. And we're like... But you don't get it, kids. Like you don't you don't get that prize. Like she keeps it. But that was super satisfying to them. And when I was at A and E, Sean Gottlieb was obsessed. He's like, we have to figure out how to right. turn this into a TV show. And he I'm was like, ahead of his time. He, he knew. Yeah, he knew what was I going know. On. And I can't help but just like roll my eyes and be like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And yet, or they, heard the of. fifteen trillion people watching. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh man, I why know. didn't I think of that? I don't get it. I get like the cute dog and the cute cat. Like there's certain things that I totally <laughs> understand. But unwrapping and slime. Uh, well, the whole digital. 
Con thing where it's like you're just famous because you're on a thing now, and I'm going to stand up on a stage and you're going to take a selfie with me. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, you know, you, you say what you want about the Kardashians, like they have figured out a way to take their fame, and I'm not saying like Jerry Seinfeld. I'm not saying that they didn't deserve right. that. Right. I'm like right. very careful to make sure I yeah. say that. You'll piss off Jason. Uh, I, oh, Jason went <laughs> on a Jason. Facebook tear about that. A but Facebook no, I tear. I know what he's saying. Though. I do too. It's, yeah. By the way, then then you. Don't do the marriage ref. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. girl, pick and, pick and choose. Pick and, be careful. I know. This no, lives forever. True. What you say lives forever. It's true. As does this podcast. Yes, it will live in infamy. In infamy. All right, so let's go back. Me. Let's okay. go back. So you are you are you in a Jersey boy? Uh, no, I'm a Rochester, New York. Oh, right. How, how could I forget that? Because I went to U of R. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Rochester, you New seem York. so much more sophisticated than oh, Rochester. Oh, oh, no. Rochester is a wonderful no, place to grow up. It's why up you're nice. It's like the Midwest. To it, me, it's like yeah. the upstate Midwest. Yeah. I, I truly Same think accent. it's like the best place. Well, yeah. I flattened my accent like yeah. very quickly. Oh, you I can't got to, tell. I got to college and my and friend. Did my, you go to Binghamton? Right? Well, I did go to Binghamton. I went to Syracuse yeah. my freshman year yeah. and my very dear friend Sandra would make me say my brother's name just to entertain her. And I'd say, what, Matt? And she goes, Matt? And I'm like, no, Matt. And she goes, and what do you drink in that can? I'm like, pop. And she goes, it's not called pop. And your brother's name is Matt. That's so very quickly, I learned to flatten everything. Oh, my God, you're like a so. news anchor now. <laughs> yeah, Connie Chung. That's great. Um, so why didn't you like Syracuse? Too warm. I did. No, I liked Syracuse. It was just expensive. Yeah. Oh, and my yeah, parents yeah. called me and said, listen. You're going to have to take out loans if you want to go to school here. And I'm like, didn't you save any money? I'm the oldest of four kids. Right. Like words that like haunt me now. Right. And they said, well, can, we'll pay for you if you go to public school. I'm like, right. Ugh, right. public school. Right. Binghamton was the greatest school in the world for me. Yeah, I that's a great school. It. I didn't even get in there. I was waitlisted. It's like, that's bullshit. I was like, now I don't think I'd get in. Right. And I, they were like, oh, this one, and he's fine. He's from Rochester. He's sure. good, yeah. <laughs> and everybody something. from, like, at U of R, everybody from, was from, like, a little town outside Buffalo or Syracuse. Isn't that funny? It's crazy. Like, I had never met anyone from that part of the world. I, I had the embarrassing thing. My freshman year also, my friends had a wall of shame, like, of dumb things that people said, you know, yeah. dumb <laughs> people in the, in the laundry yeah. room or whatever. And mine was like, God, in the summer, <laughs> the state of Long Island must just rot, get sunk down with everyone going back. And they're like, did the you say the of state Long of Long Island? I'm like, I feel like Rhode Island is a state. That's Long Island is, is not. And I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so much, so much for my honors classes You're in like high school. You're like a little so. like Iowa corn boy. Like, <laughs> wow, y'all do it! Hey guys, I worked at Wegmans. <laughs> Wegmans. T- uh, we used to steal so much food for like cause, from bulk. From well, yeah, like there was like they were like the engineers. They were the pioneers of the deli set, like where you yes. could samples. And I was literally, we'd have we were poor, so uh, college kids. Uh, so we would just be like, all right, dinner at Wegmans. Wegmans is the best. The best wags. We called it wags. Oh god! I Did you ever Wegmans. go to Nick Tahoe's? Sure, when yeah, Tahoe's, but that was like a regular. Yeah, but that wasn't a regular thing. My big thing was Country Sweet. Oh, Did you do Country no. Sweet? The wings. <laughs> well, wings they're is gone a huge now. thing. Huge thing. Now, do you still like gone. wings? No, I mean I that's gonna, a very big upstate New York. Thing. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I like the sauce on the wings. Like you could just give me the sauce, and right. they still make the sauce. So that's all I really <laughs> that's need. All like, you need. Put it on my finger. I love put it. On a piece <laughs> of celery. I'm like, this is so tastes just as good. So <laughs> celery. Yeah. All right. So, that, so you go to college, yep. and then you're like, I want to be in TV. I'm going to move to LA. No, no, that's not what happened. What happened was my 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 senior year. I'm like, God, what am I going to do? Yeah. And I had I had. I decided I was going to grad school. I'm like, well, I'll just keep going. It's fine, whatever. (laughs) And I had like 10 different schools for 10 different things I was applying for. And my roommate at the time was like, 
you can't afford it to apply to 10 schools because it's like 150 bucks an application. Right. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. <laughs> and so she sat with me and she's like, well, this one looks good. This is USC, Annenberg. It's like, it looks like, like a whole one bunch of things. one of the best schools in the country. Would never I you had no, no idea. idea. Right. I was like, I was going to go to for publishing or for journalism right. or whatever. And this was what like, what was your major know, in college? Uh, an English major. Okay, literature so it was like, and rhetoric. Right. So. Rhetoric. <laughs> Elocution. Um, so I, so I applied to USC and I got in. And in my head, like again, the internet did not <laughs> exist. So it wasn't like I'm going to Google this and see. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'll go and I'll I probably know. get in a dining hall and like <laughs> right. do this. And I showed up for the first day of orientation, and they're like, Well, it's all my classes. And, you know, it's oh, you all, no everyone idea. was back. Everyone was back from working. There were only right. three or four of us that entered the program straight from undergrad. Right. And I was like, so you were young. Uh, you weren't you didn't have a day job. Didn't have a day job. So I had to go and get a day job. What was so, your day job? Um, I was lucky. I, I got through the USC placement. I got a job at a, at a company called MediaLink, which was. And again, this was in the early 90s. They do see EPKs. They did do. Yeah, I oh remember. My God. I remember. People I, probably have no electronic press kits. I know. But yeah. well, they, they did video news releases, basically. Oh, yeah, so VNRs. they distributed the yeah. EPKs. So yeah. a VNR distributed an EPK. Yeah. And did SMTs, satellite media tours also. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I walked I was in. in news, so I exactly, knew all about this And stuff. I had interned in news all the way through college. Okay. So I walked in as a temp thing. And I'm like, oh, ML, Media Link. I remember this. It came on the wall. Uh-huh. And they would literally every night they'd send a thing on the wire and then the wire. stations could pull it down from the satellite yeah. and there was an encoding in it. So if we was used in broadcast, we could then create a sales report that said, oh, your thing about glasses of water was seen by five million people oh, in God. the D.C. area and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. but I worked for three people in the office, Bonnie, Jeff and Mitch, and they became like my older brother and sister. And they took care of me. And we were right at the CNN building on, on Cahuenga and yeah. Sunset. And I would look outside and I saw this big sign for Scientology. I'm like, it looks so nice. And like, you can't. They saved they me. They saved you totally. They, they, like, otherwise, I'd be oh on that Leah Remini show. You'd be show, married so. to a woman right now. <laughs> <laughs> they would bury that gay shit so far. Oh, my God. You'd be like BFS with Travolta. Like, hey, this is so cool. This is, uh, I'd be a movie star probably. My friend so. says they have the best brunches on I, Sunday. But they're nice. And they ask you questions. They're like, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, Fine. I answer anyone on the street. I'm like, I'm great. Do you want to check your personality? I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure. So sure, I'll take a test. Yeah. They're like, absolutely not. You cannot. So they saved me. They saved but you. But then very shortly thereafter, I was there for about nine months. And and through USC, through a connection there, there was a woman in the program with me who was friends with the head of public relations for Time Warner's interactive group. And you'd think like, oh, were they doing like digital stuff and websites? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, what was it? we were doing CD-ROMs. Oh, yeah, I love it. That was <laughs> I'm interactive. I'm 100. Yeah. So I went to work for a woman <laughs> named Kim Sudhalter who was amazing. And yeah. who was, she was turning 30 the year that I went to work there. And I'm right, like, she's Jesus, old, right? she's so old. <laughs> I embarrassed her. We made shirts like, how old are you for her birthday? And now I'm like, to remember 30. I'm like, please. Oh. But I worked with her in an office and we laughed. Every day until we cried and we wrote press releases and we hawked our stuff. And and little by little, that went away. The company kind of started getting smaller and smaller. She took a job at Warner Brothers and Consumer Products. And then Warner Brothers proper recruited me into their research department because they were doing an interactive TV application. So I went to work for a man named Rob Jennings and he was wonderful. And then he announced that he was moving to San Francisco to go work for this new company called AOL. He goes, you can move up with me. You can stay with my family until you find a place. And I'm like, AOL. I don't know. They're not going anywhere. (laughs) And so I had very limited context. I wasn't working in TV. Were you still in school? 
Yeah, I think I'd finished school at that okay. point. It was only a two-year thing. Got it. So, and I was working at Warner Brothers and using their fax machine to send my <laughs> resume out. And there was a company that was based out of MTV that you may have heard of called Buna Murray Productions. No, I never <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and this sweet man, Scott Freeman, who is the executive vice president of International there now, was John Murray and Mary Alice Bunham's assistant. Wow. And they wouldn't, MTV wouldn't give them their ratings. So I would fax through ratings as a thing to them. Like, here you go every week. And so one week I sent it through and I'm like, by the way, if you hear of anything, let me know. And I would send through, I sent through my resume. Scott walked my resume into Lisa Berger's office, who was the head of programming at the time. She assumed I was a f- very close friend of Scott's. I'd never seen him <laughs> or met him face to face. Right. And she said, oh, you can bring him in. I'm looking for a new assistant. Wait, this was, she was at MTV or Buna Murray? She was at MTV. But Buna Murray at that time was, was like housed insta- within. Okay, got they it. They were housed within the, we were at the the Texaco, the 10 UCP building where all okay. the Bravo NBCU properties oh, are interesting. now. Um, if those walls could tell yeah, right. I can um, imagine. So, so I and went like, give in, me a year. This is in the '96. Okay, that was '96 that I interviewed. Okay, and so when he told me that Lisa Berger's office wanted to interview me, I freaked out because her name was the end of every real world. Like wow. she was, a, she was a celebrity to me. Wow. And so I went in, and I was so <laughs> nervous, and I had never worked in TV, but I watched a lot of TV yeah, right. and I was obsessive about TV. And again, we didn't have the internet. So it was right. kind of like, I was just, I watched everything. I knew people's names. I knew writers' names yeah. and we're sitting talking and she's a ball of energy. She's right. probably 30 also. I was like, oh my God, she's so <laughs> dynamic and funny and yeah. like sitting on her feet and talking. <laughs> totally. I'm like, oh, it's so crazy. And we started talking about Melrose Place. And I'm like, oh, I love Melrose Place. And in fact, I had a friend from Time Warner Interactive who had started a website. No one knew what that was. We're like, I don't know. But he and a friend from San Francisco had started a website. And he's like, you do these hilarious recaps about Marilyn's Place. So I started typing on my word processor these like 15-page recaps of every episode of Marilyn's Place. Now, we didn't have email, so they got kind of faxed around. Right. And we were talking about it. I, I didn't know where they went. I just was like, I did them and I oh sent God, them you out. You were like an early, you were the first I recapper. I was television. I'm pretty, exactly. That's great. So we're sitting talking about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, to Lisa. I'm like, and I do this, I did this thing. I, I love Meryl's Place. I read yeah. this thing. She goes, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> and she like jumps off the couch. She runs. And there on her desk is a copy of a copy of a copy of my freaking recap. And she goes, this is you? And I'm like, that's me. And that was it. That's such I a good story. Job. So like all those agents, assistants who thought they had it, I'm yeah. like, suck it. I love it. Suck it, kid. Oh, because of your Melrose Place My obsession. Melrose Place. And by the way, today, there's an article in the Hollywood Reporter about the 25th anniversary of Melrose Place. Will you write a recap? <laughs> will I? Of the last I will. 25 if, years. It means, if it means I can sell it somewhere, yes, I will. Did you watch the reboot? I did. I really was into the 90210 reboot. Yes. I was not into the Melrose Place yeah, reboot. Yeah, I think it fell flat. Yeah, I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> yeah. care. But the Melrose Place when I, or the 90210 one, I actually liked the yeah. whole way through, which was weird. I didn't watch it. I feel it like, was good. I feel you like can I missed out. Go on Hulu. I'll do something. it. I'll do it. Okay, so you're Lisa's assistant. I was Lisa's assistant in 96. And so you learned from the ground up. You I did. did. You I was there. Calls, I started in 96. The whole thing. And I was there until 2008. That's and a I long was, assistant job. <laughs> Eight years as an Eight assistant. Eight years assistant was really something, but I really learned a lot. But I left there as, a, as the senior vice president 
of the West Coast. So, so I, I, I was that lucky, lucky, lucky guy who had that chance to grow within the company. But you weren't lucky. I mean, you did it. You worked. Yeah, but but again, the time was different. You know, like people was like, oh, how do you do that? I'm like, you put your head down, you do the work, and you hope for opportunities to come in front of you. So right. I pushed a few people down the stairs. <laughs> right. Well, and I may have set someone on fire. <laughs> but other than that, I, it was all luck, I think. So You have to do what you have to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm not saying you're not— I, you're lucky in the sense that maybe you were in a position where you could do that, but not the people who don't rise through the ranks, it's not because they're working their ass off and they're amazing at their job and they're not getting the opportunity. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you knew how to capitalize and move yourself up. Well, I also think that it was just being willing to do whatever. And again, I don't want to get I don't want to get into that millennial right. conversation. Oh, that's my I favorite feel, conversation. No, because I feel like I'm a hundred and right. I feel like all I do is like lecture and people are like, I'm a millennial. I'm not like that. I'm like, great. Yeah, they all say that. Great. I, I don't know how you're being classified then <laughs> right. as millennials if you're all not like that. But, <laughs> right. but I just Why don't we all think this about you <laughs> exactly, then? Exactly. Yeah. Then we then you should all be great. Yeah. But I do, I appreciate their spirit and I appreciate what they think, but I also <laughs> don't no, appreciate wanting no, I actually don't. <laughs> At all. But I want to sound nice. I want people to like me. <laughs> but I do think like you have to understand you have to put the time in. You yeah. have to put the work in. And I mean, this is still happening now at the production companies. They're coming in like, when can I run a show? Oh, and I'm I like, know, the, how the about PAs. be good as an AP first? Know, and then we'll talk about moving you up. It's so. crazy. But again, it, there was a time. And again, I was lucky because I was in that time when reality was really growing. Yeah. That there were a lot of people who probably shouldn't have been promoted as quickly as they did. <laughs> right. But they had that opportunity because the business exploded. Now we're in that like yeah they're the expanding contracting we're yeah. in that contracting time again right now which is scary for people yeah but again if you are nice to be around if you're if you're an interesting person and you're a pleasure to be around and you're gonna do your work and I'm not gonna have to hear about how much you hate your job right you're gonna grow you're gonna get you're gonna get the chance to do this I think well okay but specifically what did you do in those eight years like how did you climb the ladder because part of the audience that I think I hopefully listen and I want to appeal to are the millennials and the Gen Z. Oh, my God. Then I'm so sorry because you guys are all awesome. I think the lesson should be like what what are the real lessons in terms of like how you did it? So, well, with with Lisa, Lisa was amazing to me. And Lisa was fun and wacky and crazy. And she let me do so much. So it was kind of like, do as much as you can. And also, and this is because I'm nosy, I read every email, (laughs) I read everything that came across that fax, anything that was in the printer was fair game to me. Like, (laughs) I read everything. And again, when you get a better sense of, like, how something works, not just how your piece of it works, but how the whole thing works, you're just a better employee. And I think that that happens regardless. But but at, at MTV, Lisa then got taken to go move to Fox TV studios. Uh-huh. So I didn't go with her. So then I was kind of like, uh, I was a, an assistant without a captain. Right. And I'm like, what's going to happen? And John Miller was very, very good to me. And he said, listen, I'll make you a coordinator in our department. And I was like, whatever you want. Right. Like, hey. And then I wasn't even answering phones anymore, yeah. which I didn't hate. Well, I how didn't long, hate phones. So how long did that take? I was a year, I was a year in like, Three months, I think, right. on Lisa's desk. Yeah. Which is incredibly short. Yes. For all of you millennials. That's yeah. not normal. Right. Um, but it was the <laughs> it was the, the circumstance of the the happenstance of Lisa leaving. Yeah. And and then going to in that coordinator role and then a manager and then a director, then a VP, then an SVP. So again, it was about the work that I did. Yeah. And it was about making sure that I was jumping on and supporting people on projects that weren't necessarily my projects, but I could help be a part of. And then I learned 
And I mean, the people, oh my God, the names of the people who were in that building, you know, the executives who were in that building, you know, from Brian Graydon and Van Toffler down to the people on my level, you know, Lauren Dolgen and Beth Greenwald and Heather Olander and, and Mike Ireland, who went to film and David Gross, who became an agent. I mean, we, and then, and then when John left, Lois Curran took me in and let us be part of her group. So again, I was just very fortunate that people were open because a lot of times in this business, when a new regime takes over or something, oh yeah, you're it's out. like bye. Yeah. yeah. And so be nice. Yeah. And and don't be don't be off, standoffish to people who aren't necessarily in your group because they might be your boss tomorrow. Right. No, that's a good And, then, and when I left that's when we kind of had an East Coast, West Coast <laughs> development back and forth. Right. And Tony DeSanto and Liz Gately were on the East Coast. And then they took over when Lois left. And I was part of their group. And I stayed with their group for a while, too. And it was From the West Coast. Exa- yeah, yeah. I was still on the West Coast. They yeah, were on the East Coast. So I got to, I stayed with them for a while. And yeah. then it was like, then the opportunities became, what can you do outside of here? You've been here for almost 13 years now. Wow, is so. it that long? Yeah. But you were involved in so many shows, so many. That's just, just talk about, like, some of the shows well, that the, we know. Well, the, 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 the truth is, again, like, when you are fortunate enough to get to hitch your wagon mm-hmm. as an executive to something that you didn't buy, you know, I didn't buy the real world. <laughs> right. we, we, we praise, you know, Lauren Correo and Judy McGrath for, for and, and, and Joe Davola and all right. all these people yeah. and 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 th- that was in that was in existence. I came in at season five okay. when they started in Miami, and I stayed with that show. I shadowed as an assistant at the beginning, and then I got to rise up. I got to be lead on that show with Hawaii, and then we had New Orleans and Las Vegas and San Diego, and I stayed all the way through casting of season twenty. So season <sighs> five through twenty, and again the learning that you can get from a company like Buda Murray and from John and Mary Ellis and the people, the incredibly talented people that work there. That was, uh, it was a show that I would watch regardless of whether I'd worked there. So to be able to give notes on a show that you dream of watching and you wanted to be on when it started, you're like, this is amazing. And then as you got older and you're like, Hey God, these kids, they're disasters. What's happening? Like, but then you could be in judgment and you could edit them and make sure you cut out the things that you didn't want to see anymore. So So, it's almost like, even though you were an executive, you were a producer, you were learning how to produce. Well, I was certainly studying how people produced because I was working with the best producers in the world, which was unbelievable. And, and again, I think that the world-class executives that we had at MTV and the world-class producers we had at MTV, again, when you had at that time when it was just exploding and growing up, like it wasn't even on broadcast at that point. You know, right. like we were there. I remember sitting in my office and watching when Survivor hit in 2000. Yeah. I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> like, oh, come on. Yeah. This isn't what, who did this. What are you talking It'll about? It'll never work. This will never work. Like shows what I know. Um, but that like watching that happen yeah. from being in a place when I started in reality and my friends who were in script they were like bye I'm taking the summer off we're waiting yeah. we're just starting the writer's room I'll see you in a few months I was like wow you're so lucky Yeah. to now I'm like I mean, scripted has a huge resurgence now, but like now people aren't like, ugh, you work in reality. <laughs> right, like, right. Sometimes I do that too, but yeah. like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff that happens. So we got to work on, on <clears throat> real world and the challenges were born out of that and road rules. And then Jackass came from our team, yeah. which is amazing. Andy Dick came from our team, America's Best Dance Crew, which wow. was just like, 
I look at that and I look at the world of dance now on NBC and I'm like, we did this. Yeah. Right. And we could we did this a long time same ago. Show. So yeah. I I would never say the same show, yeah. but I would mm-hmm. say I would say it's yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful show. I and love like it. Yeah. I do too. And again, like that's something that we did yeah. when no one else was doing it. About right. a time when no one was paying what we were paying for it either. So <laughs> right. we were really it was a really bold move. That was Brian and Tony and Liz who really like shepherded that and then we ran with it and we're like, great, let's see what we can do. But uh, but all those experiences lead you to see like good producers and bad producers and boy we have a lot of each do you mm-hmm. know what i mean and you see the ones who really know what they're doing what makes really a bad don't... producer well uh, or what are some of the characteristics well i just think they're the people again it's almost like when you go back to talking about being an assistant or breaking in somewhere the ones who don't put in the time and who don't do the work but are like yeah i sold the two some out now congratulations right. you'll <laughs> right. figure it out and right. I'll, I'll pay someone to come figure this out with yeah. you i'm like Ugh. that's rough like yeah. it, it, there, there was a time i think when that probably worked really well but now you need to really be there. You really have to get your hands dirty. You really have to see people really putting their blood, sweat, and tears into it because you know that the networks now don't have as much money as they had, and they're really relying on you. And if you ever want to sell something to them again, you better be a good partner. Right. And that's the funny thing. Like, I think this whole idea of partnership is lost on both sides. Having said on both sides, like, you forget, like, you have to be a good partner, whether you're the network executive and you're, like, I'll get you notes when I get you notes. Well, no, that's going to cost now. Or you're a a bitchy producer and you're like, well, I need this now. Well, remember, the network exec has 10 shows they're managing right now or 15 shows they're managing. You have to be able to see both sides of that table, I think. Oh, God, I feel like that could be an hour tangent because we're actually going through it as we speak. And 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 you really have been on both sides. I, yeah, yeah. And I guess my question, and we're, we're sidetracking a little from yeah, the journey, but, sure. but the question is, like, as a producer, having been on the network side, yeah. wh- like— there's being cool, right? Yep. There's like, okay, we'll let it slide a few days, but then it's two weeks and it's three weeks. Yeah. And a lot of the big production companies, they can afford to absorb that. But some of the smaller ones, you know, yeah. you're like going in the hole. Right, exactly. But then like, I mean, just being frank, a lot of the times the networks are like, yeah, I have 10 shows. Sorry, you're going to have to wait. And it's like, yeah, we have a production schedule and money. Like, when do you know as a producer how hard to push so that you don't piss off the network, but you're also, you know, telling them they have to respect the schedule and the timing, which a lot of times they just don't give a shit. Uh, yes. No. That, know, I don't some know do and some don't. Some do like, and some don't. You and, probably did because you were on yeah, the other you side. Su- you, see, you see and you feel the pain. And, like, right. if you have a vocal enough producer, they're going to tell you. But what I think is important, and I think it's important, again, on both sides, is that the ground rules are set from the top. Not like when you're— six weeks into post but they're set from the top while you're shooting like look we're going to look at this we're going to hold hands we're going to look at this budget I know you're not going to necessarily honor every notes thing but at least you see where it is and this is going to get us to this dollar amount exactly and the minute we vary from it we will do everything in our powers producers to try to absorb that but it could cost us thing now there there are certain networks that are notorious for this And there are certain networks that are notorious for being good on the other side. What I have seen in my short time being back now on the side is that the networks are much better than they used to be. And that they're much more accommodating and that they understand. Like if you have a network executive who is completely buried by 10 shows, they're going to say, I may screw this up, but you just keep me honest. And we'll go to production management and say, okay, we are now six days over and like – we can absorb some of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not always, right. but we can do as much as we can. And again, if you have an open line of communication with the network, 
and the producer you're dealing with, then you should be able to have that conversation. Now, it gets bad when it's suddenly like, you didn't do right. this. Well, if you had gotten us this well, at you, this time. Exactly. Right. You know, and that's why chain. if you have it done, like sometimes it's just like, well, we got so caught up and we sped to get this ready. Like we didn't realize that we were going to be giving you four cuts in one week. Right. Well, if you know that ahead of time, then you know, and you're going to know like, oh God, there's no way I'm going to give notes on four cuts this yeah. week. It can't happen. Or... I'll be ready. I've got that in my calendar. Yeah. I know it's going to be there. And I think like, again, like any business, like this has to be about relationships and about how you manage the relationships. Yes. And I think too and many egos people. And, and a lot of yeah. egos. Yeah. Yep. A lot of egos on both sides too. And it's like, listen, we, we, we are all in this together. And truthfully, we want this to be fun. Like we're so lucky. You know, we're right. making reality TV, <laughs> right. which is not brain surgery. Well, maybe one or two of them are brain surgery, but <laughs> right. most of them are not. We've seen a few brain surgery yeah. shows, but most of them aren't brain surgery. Yeah. But we want to have fun. Yeah. And if you're not having fun, agree. then go make widgets somewhere. I, I totally agree. But what I was going to say is I think part of what people don't realize um, in terms of having some empathy for the network side is they've been squeezed so much, as you know, yes. that they are overseeing 16 shows yeah. and development and this. So there's simply not enough time in the day. Well, it's funny because I think a lot of people say, oh, you've been on a network, you've been in a production company. It's like, what do you like better? What's what's easier is what people ask. And I'm like, that's impossible. Yeah. Like there are parts like, oh, my God, it's so much better to be in a network chair to say yes or no. Right. Your job is basically to say no unless something great comes yeah. in. You find a nice <laughs> way to say no. And and that sounds awful. But but you what you don't know unless you've been in that chair is the pressure that you get from your boss and your boss's boss and your boss's boss to like, what are you doing? Where's our shows? All of that. And not even in a bad way, but like they have to look at the bottom line. They're fronting a lot of money to a lot of places to get shows on TV, to get advertisers to buy in. And you think like, well, that's fine. You're just sitting there and you're drinking your Diet Coke and you're like just listening to people give ideas. They're blood, sweat and tears. Right. But then you have to, as that buyer, manage those relationships also and help make sure that you're getting the right people in, that they want to come to you because, again, it gets competitive out there. Yeah. Like, you know, in the in the A&E buildings, it's tricky because it's all glass. Yeah. So it's like, oh, God, oh, who, yeah. are, who are you uh, yeah. seeing? Oh, oh. I've had a few shows where I pissed off because all of my friends work there. Exactly. Where it's like, why'd you bring it to that person? Why didn't you bring it to me? I know. And, and, only, and you yeah. have to manage that also then yeah. as a producer. You're yeah, like, oh, yeah. God. But then on the other side, on the producing side, you're like, Oh my God, I have this great idea. Yeah. And sometimes you know there are things that you're doing for a business reason you can understand. Right. But when you as a producer, having been a network executive, you're like, you love this idea. This is so good. You're gonna love it. And the buyer doesn't have that reaction. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Am I dumb? Yeah. Right. Are you dumb? Right. Maybe you're well, dumb. That's the thing. It's all subjective. And you and it all depends, by the way. I could pitch it to Juju Happen and Drew hates it or loves it. And then Shelly Tatro or Amy Savitsky loves it or hates it. Like right. it's just a human, you're a human being with with experiences and emotions and And a bad lunch. And a bad or lunch. Or a fight with your or husband. You, exactly. You, know, you, or you didn't know. sleep the night before. Exactly. But I'm curious what you said. And by the way, we're kind of skipping over, but let's get there because I want to make sure we cover everything to A and E where um where you ran development for, you know, one of the people in development one, yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um, you said, and whether you meant it or not, it's interesting that basically your job is to say no until you are wowed by something to say yes to. So did you come from a place of, I'm like, even before the meeting, like, 
90 percent, no, I'm not going to buy this. No, no. I, I think that that's like I think that's the 30,000 foot view of it. Like, yeah, for the most part, it right. is. But you never. Right. You're always excited you never to know. know. Yeah. And again, it depends. Like when it's someone that, you know, and you care about coming in, you're going to yeah. give them the most attention. You're going to really want that to work. Yeah. And I think sometimes my problem is I would hear ideas and be like, OK, I can if we did this and this yeah. and this, I can make it work. And it's like yeah. sometimes those ideas have to be almost fully baked as they walk in. Yeah. But but what's Trump, what's what's tricky is that everyone wants new and fresh. Yeah. And and it's and it's so hard to be new and fresh at every network because every network has their own mandate and you know, yes, when something big happens, like you know, when the voice came out, everyone wanted right. their voice. Well, right. what's my voice and what's right. this? What's uh, my you know, voice? What, what, exactly. Or when Duck Dynasty hit, I like was what's just my Duck Dynasty? going to bring that up. Yeah, there were so, so many. So how did you were there when Duck Dynasty hit? Mm-hmm. And Amy exploded in a way that it really never did before. I mean, it was one of the highest rated shows, period. Absolutely. And then it became difficult, right? Because, first of all, you got 60 copycats of Duck Dynasty. Yeah, and you're obviously not yeah. going to buy 60 Duck Dynasties. Right. What happened in terms of um, how you looked at shows coming in? You know, because Duck Dynasty was actually in certain ways, like, not very a in terms of before and after. Like, you wouldn't necessarily think of it as an a show. Right, right. Per se. Well, I, I think what's amazing is that I got there just a f- couple months before it went to air. Oh, and, wow. and I And I look at what Lily Newmeyer, who's at, at MTV and VH1 now, yeah. and Elaine Frontaine Bryant, yeah. who's running— a&E, like what they did to make that show what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's so impressive because it was a lot of heavy lifting with incredible talent and producers yeah. behind it. Um, I think I, I think what was troubling for us and what was a mistake for us as individuals, and again, I don't speak for a and I yeah. speak for myself, is that we all chased that then. Mm-hmm. Like what they made with this right. magic and this right. family. Lightning in a bottle. It was lightning in a bottle. And we were like, that's great. Funny. <laughs> right. We'll do funny. Easy we'll find do. funny right. families. This yeah. is great. And I think we chased that too much yeah. as opposed to let the competitors chase it and we'll find what's next then. Yeah. And I think that when you see... Where A&E has come now is what they did was they finally just like, okay, yeah. that's we're done with that. You go do that. We're going to figure something else out. Yeah. And you look at what they what they found with 60 Days In and what they found with Leah Remini and and with Born, Born This, this way. way. I know. Well, like, here's my Emmy <laughs> clonking on the I table. I mean, did you bring it? <clears throat> in it's in the trunk. Uh, it? I keep it in the trunk of my car. Stop. I keep the Emmy in the trunk of my car. because if your my... car gets towed well, or smashed? Then, then someone needed it more than me, I guess. Okay, but so. why in the trunk of the car and why not on your mantle? Because I feel like... This sounds so cheesy, <laughs> but I'm just lucky to be on that ride. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wish that I could be like, this is mine. I mean, I did this. Like, I was a part of an amazing machine that John Murray and Laura Kikorian and Barry Hennessy and this entire team of people put forward to us. And we definitely helped shape it and we had our hands on it. But to get an Emmy for that is the most rewarding thing. And when it happened, I was still finishing my time at A&E. I brought it into the office. And I'm like, take pictures. This is all of our, this is all of our Emmy at this point. And, and then I just decided like, you know what? I'm just going to keep in my freaking car. And you know what? <laughs> if, if someone wants to see it, then they can take a picture right, with it. Right. My old boss, Jeff, who was the first one at MediaLink, I had lunch with him a couple months ago. And he goes, where's the Emmy? I'm like, it's in my car. He goes, get out. He took a picture of it. Stop. Yeah. And I was like, it's nice. You know what? It's not my Emmy. It's Born This Way's Emmy. And it's like, good. The more people that know about that show, the better in my mind. So Amazing. Okay. So let's break this down because I've been wanting you. I've actually been wanting to talk to you off mic about the show for so long because I'm fascinated by it. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And all those people. I know it takes a village. Yeah, for sure. Incredible. So- 
Talk about, like, literally, who walks into your office? How does it happen? Take it from the beginning. Well, this is something that John Murray had been working on for years and years and years. And who you had known forever. Who I, it was such, it was a wonderful homecoming for yes. me because I had worked with him so much at MTV. Mm-hmm. And this was an idea, I mean, John, and you'll see, you can read this in a billion different articles, yeah. but John has always given a voice to people who are have not had a voice. Yeah. When we think about the first gay guy on TV was Norman in Real World Season 1, and the first person that you probably knew with HIV yeah. was Pedro in Season 3. This was just another way of him exposing, shining a light on a group of people who didn't have the same uh, the same um, opportunities, basically. Mm-hmm. And so... There was an earlier version of this that I stepped into, and we really were proud of it. We really wanted to do it, and it wasn't the right time. So we were in our in our post kind of like, what's next? What's the next big thing? And a group of people at A&E were talking about, like, what are the shows that went away that we never got to do? And Lori Sharp, who was in the programming group, and Suzanne Persichino from our research group had always been huge supporters of the show and came to me and said, we want to do Born This Way again. I'm like, dude. Right. Like, it wasn't called Born This Way at the time, but they, we wanted to do that show. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever it takes. Yeah. And we brought it back up, and it just felt like everyone felt like, this feels right. It just feels like, look, will it rate? Who knows? Right, right. But will it be great storytelling? And yeah. that's all that anyone cares about, really. We wanted to make sure that it was something. I think the original conceit was much more about the young people, and the show morphed into a family show yeah. about. Because, again, if you don't have someone with a disability in your life, you may not have that relationship to what they're going through, but everyone has a parent or everyone has a sibling or everyone has a child or a friend. And when you can see how the parents interact with their kids or how the friends interact with each other, then you have a way in. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we were going through the original cuts, it was like, oh, my God, like these families are so exceptional. And not like, wow, they're so special. They've got special needs. No, they're just exceptional people telling their stories and letting us in to a place where they never would let us in before. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a very vulnerable position to be in. What this is sort of a cheesy question, sure. but what was your biggest takeaway like from being in that world? Oh, my God. I, I, then, no, I'm glad you asked that because it feels like a cheesy answer. <laughs> but it changed. It changed so much for me, uh-huh. which is which is you know, not something I'm proud of. It changed my, it changed my lexicon, the words that I use. It changes the slurs that I use sometimes, (laughs) honestly. Like I'm, and I'm really like that annoying person now. I'll swear like a sailor. Right. (laughs) Like I'm a sailor. Um, (laughs) But, but use the R word in front of me. I'm like, come on, dude. Come on. Don't do that. Right. But more than that, like, first of all, leaving that show is the hardest thing. Like that was uh-huh. leaving my friends at A&E was the hardest. The second hardest thing was leaving yeah. that show behind. Shelly Tatro and Gina are still giving it every ounce of love that it had. It's better this season than it was last. I'm wow. like, oh, damn you. Is this three? Season this is three? season three. Yeah. yeah, that's finishing right now. Incredible. Yeah. But but what I but what yeah. I really took away from it, even as I'm developing new things now, yeah. is that I don't just think about like, oh, who's the blonde hair, blue eyed host? <laughs> I really... I feel this affinity now toward the community of making sure that people are going to be seen on TV, even yeah. on like dating shows yeah. or on or on game shows. Yeah. Like they don't all have to be perfect, perfect. Uh, yeah, you know the 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 hosts that we see on every show. Like so, I came in and we were doing a a, a dating show for for TLC, 
And it was a crazy idea, and it didn't work, but it was a dating show about not being able to see the people before you you decide who you're going out with. And I'm like, how like, amazing um, would it be? The one from the 70s, the love game. Like, like, date, like the, the, the dating game? Yeah, the dating yeah. game. Love that show. Kind of. It's okay. a bigger show. They okay. haven't announced, so we won't talk about it. But Oh, uh, so but it's going to happen. It's going to happen, yeah. yeah. But, but I said, oh, my God, what if you got a host who was visually impaired? Yeah. And so we reached out to a bunch of people and like we didn't find the right person that way. But yeah. at least but at least we had the you conversation that way. And I never thought that way. Yeah, before. that's so great. And I think it's great. But I look at I look at my kids who watch Born This Way now and who if I get to go be with those families for something, they are they're like, can we please go? Can right. we please they're go? They're celebrities to they're them. They're celebrities yeah. to them. Aww. And I look at those families and I see what's happened with their lives. And I'm like, this is what is good about TV. And I feel like. Th- if you never do another show, like you'll have that show, like not just the Emmy, because yeah. the Emmy is amazing to get sure. rewarded for what you've done. But to be able to be to push the envelope so much to do something truly special and groundbreaking, but that also found an audience. I know. I We're mean, like, very, very what lucky. are the odds? Very lucky. And again, all, all credit to Rob Chernow, who was like behind it from the beginning. All credit right. to, I've got to, I got to cover that, you know, all, yeah. all credit to John. That's huge. Who literally, this was a passion project for Love him. It. And, and it, it's just, again, you see that and you think about that and yeah, it's, it's easy to say in retrospect, like in the rearview mirror, like, sure, let's do a show about people <laughs> right. with Down syndrome, but you don't, that wasn't something if that was on If someone pitched that to me, I would say it will never sell. Exactly. And in fact, when you, when I heard it was being developed, I was like, good on them, but no one will watch. I know. And I hate that I had that cynical well, attitude. I'm not going to I'm going to tell you this. When the show premiered, it didn't have many people watching. Yeah, so it grew. And we rallied. We fought so hard. Yeah. And it was like more repeats in wow. a time when the network needed bigger numbers. Yeah. Like more repeats, yeah. more showings, more screenings, more press. We've got to do this. And the whole company rallied around that show. And that's why I'm so happy for it because Aww. it was the little engine that could, I think. I was just going to say that. Yeah. It's so, I, I mean, I really do feel just as my friend, as you being my friend, just so much pride for you because you. I don't think that many people in our business get to be a part of something like that. Well, and now, but then you get the taste for it and you're like, you want to do it again. Right. And, like, right. and again, like it's not hard. knowing that it may not win an Emmy or something, yeah. but just that you want to do something that means something. Yes. And by the way, some of the dumb shows that I've worked on mean something to somebody. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and <laughs> I've worked on a lot of dumb shows. Too, dumb shows so. are, I always say you do like five dumb from one good and then exactly. you kind of balance it out. Yeah, you try to do something that your you kids to... won't be embarrassed. But then you right. go home for like the holidays and you're like, what you working on? You're yeah. like, ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Slut Island, you oh, know, or something. Oh, me, it's my daughter is like afraid of her own shadow because I'm doing all this crime stuff. Exactly. So she thinks, oh, like, honey, my, don't worry. You won't yeah. be like John Panay. Yeah, fine. oh, literally. <laughs> we, I had to sleep with her for like six months. Yeah, she saw a little bit of it. And well, that was. What kind of parent are you? My parent. It was the epic <laughs> fail affair. My husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what? Oh, you know, it's, 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 it was her brother. It won't happen to her. You know, meanwhile, she has an older brother and we're all looking yeah. at him oh, like. Oh, geez, yeah. not again. Right? Here we go. Yikes. So, yeah, okay. So you were at a and right, so we didn't even cover Warner Horizon because we don't have time, but. Sure, so but Warner Horizon was amazing. So I got to work with, there? that was five years of Warner oh, okay. Horizon. So. And so that was like a studio, that was almost like the in-between, right? It was, it was were, like a production company and yeah. a studio. You yeah. developed and you partnered. So like we right. were so fortunate that we had Mike Fleiss in the right. thing, you know. And, and Mr. Bachelor. Mr. Bachelor. And like that just is the gift that keeps on giving. What did you learn from him? I, I couldn't even, t- I, I can't even tell you how much I really? learned from him because getting to be on that set and seeing how The Bachelor works is so unbelievable. It's a, it's a machine, but it's an incredible machine. Yeah. And it is so, you just take it all in and the opulence and like 
all these gorgeous people around, and the producers are as good looking as the right. as the contestants are. Like, geez, it really is unreal. It, well, yes, I wouldn't say it's really unreal, mm-hmm. but it's certainly it certainly has. You can see. I mean, I yeah, my stomach kind of dropped when you saw the opening shot of Unreal. You're like, oh my god, that was the set. Hey, this is exactly shot. Wow. Hey, and I mean, and so many. Buna Murray and and Next have been these breeding grounds for producers who are so smart and yeah. so good. Yeah. And so and and so I was fortunate and I, and I had worked with Warner Horizon as the network on Dance Crew and Brooke Carson who said like Would you ever come work here? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And like it was a great a great place for me to go. And I was also really fortunate because I got to work with Craig Erwick, who's at Hulu now. Okay. But he was there and it was. They did scripted and unscripted. I was only an unscripted, but just to watch it, that Pretty Little Liars came out of that time. Oh, wow. And then Brooke had made this deal with Talpa, John DeMall's company. And there was this little thing they were doing in Holland. Just this little singing thing. It was no big deal. Don't don't worry your pretty heads about it. Called The Voice. The Voice. This is The and Voice. Brooke, and I was like, I don't know. And Brooke's like, this is, this is big. And I'm like, I don't know. Really? Do you think so? And like, it went, you know, it obviously was I'm a crazy thing. I love yeah. The Voice. It's a great show. Yeah, I love the blinds. I do too. Well, that's what that, you know, as some of the networks were competing for it, some only wanted to do the blinds, some wanted exactly. That's the better show. Uh, I I don't, I I thought so too. And now that I see it, I'm like, oh, what do I know? I just love, yeah, I just, that's my, the fun part. So, okay. So that was Warner Horizon. And and then A&E. So then you get the call from A&E. That was like a move across the, well, we didn't even talk about, when did you meet Jerry? I met Jerry. Jerry's your husband. Jerry's my husband. And I met Jerry while I was still at MTV. Okay. So, yeah, been so we've been together forever. Four, yeah, 14 years now. So. so did he, when you got the call to go to A&E, obviously it meant moving back to New York. Yeah, which we had never lived. Or not to, even back to New York. To New York. To New York, yeah. Right, right. We, I had never lived in the city or, right. or I'd never lived in, worked out of New York. Was so. that a hard decision? Yes. The kids were, the twins were two and a half. Oh, so they were, they were already here. Okay. They were here. They were two and a half. Yeah. So it was like, this is the time when we can do it. Yeah. I loved the idea of going to work for Elaine. Right. She's a good salesperson. So you person, knew Elaine so already? I knew of her, okay. and then I met her because of this. Okay. And 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 it was incredibly flattering to be like, oh, do you want to come back and buy? And I'm yeah. like, I'd like to buy again. Right. This seems like fun. <laughs> right. So I got there. We moved. We packed up and moved, and and we did five years there. So. Wow. And you were in New Rochelle, which is we were suburb. Newer, oh, my gosh. You loved it? I you know, I miss the people at A&E the most. That's yeah. I, the I miss my friends there. I yeah. talk to them every day. I right. love them. I think I truly believe, also being on the side, that they are the best executives in the business. Yeah, I agree. They are smart. They are collaborative. They are insightful. They are not fifteen pages of notes for fifteen pages of notes. Right. Like they really are amazing. Um, but then, what I really miss is my house that we had in New Rochelle <laughs> and our neighborhood and our Aww. our neighbors. They were just unbelievable and a place to grow up that was idyllic. It was just perfect. Yeah. It was like the kids loved school. The neighbors were great. There was a playground down the street. Like it was all so nice. And then Sally Ann came into my life again. Sally so, Ann, who you had Sally. known back from the MTV days? Yes, I did. I did um, a shot at love with Tila Tequila uh-huh. with her there. And we had been very close for a long time. And she's another one who who was really a great producer from the talk world, but really grew up in reality on The Bachelor. Right. So she right. she came to me and she came to Shelly Tatro, who was my oh, my dear, my dear, dear, dear friend, yes. and said, like, which one of you assholes wants to come work at my company? And we're like, no, 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 no. That's not it. And I started thinking about it. And I started thinking about how old I was. And I started <laughs> thinking about like what's next for me. Yeah. And I look at the network model and thought to myself, 
I wonder how long I can do this. Yeah. I wonder what my longevity would be here. And I knew we had had an amazing year with 60 Days In from Lucky Eight and Born This Way from Buna Murray. And the statistics are pessimistic, but the statistics are if you have a great year, you're going to have a down year. <laughs> right. And I didn't yeah, want to be exactly. And I was thinking, you know what? It's an incredible opportunity to come work with Sally Ann, who I truly believe is not only one of the best salespeople, but one of the best producers in the industry. And I'm like, wow, would she let me? And we had a lot of talks about what I could do there. And she's like, I want you. I want you to be here. And I'm like, God, moving back again. And my kids are going to be seven. Like, what are we going to do? And and just felt like the right thing. And we had to pull the trigger fast. So we, Why did she need you so fast? Well, it was just one of those things like, like now do I, never. it was like, yeah, like yeah. she needed the help. Got it. She was kind of operating. She had an amazing development team, but she was missing like a number two for yeah. a while. Yeah. And she really needed the help. So it was, she was gracious to wait for me until I was done with my, my contract there. And then I started in October. So. Wow. So we moved August 1st. Right. So got the kids in school August to, 10th. Yeah. And then uh, finished up my contract and started October. So. Was it weird to go from five years on the network side back to, uh, you know, yes. that, I mean, yes. it's just so different. It is so different. And, and, and you think you have the fantasy of like, it's so much better. You just right. could do this and make your own hours and blah, blah, blah. Right. But the truth is you feel a fiscal responsibility, right. especially to a woman who started the company from the ground up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she works and harder friend, than anyone on the planet. Well, any, than anyone in the building, too. Right. Like, right. She's the first one in the last one yeah. out and she's going to tell you too. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I right. got to beat you in. Like, I'm so close to the office. Um, <laughs> she's the hardest worker. Yeah. And she puts everything into her shows and on the table, which yeah. is so nice. I mean, I had a conversation with a network friend who was like, it is so frustrating. I'm dealing with this production company and like the principles nowhere to be found. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's a balance, friend. Right. I said, you you right. can't expect them. They can't right. all be Sally and They can't all be there all the <laughs> well, time. I had Jay and Tony on, um, and they said the biggest lesson they learned and they could impart to producers is never put your names on the company because they then they expect Jay and Tony on every exactly, show. Exactly, you know, and it's exactly. like the, the blessing and the curse, which is like if you're successful and you have many shows, you can't be so involved in the micro of every single show. Exactly. But the network's buying you. Exactly. And and especially when it's when with 495, it may not be her name, but it's the cult Everyone of knows. Sally Ann. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She's and it legendary. Really is, I mean, she's, she's legendary. She's, I, I've actually only met her once um, at a party and she was very fun, but I saw her speak once. Um, well, well, the funny thing is I think yeah. people think like, oh, you guys must get so fucked up in the yeah, office. And like, that, yeah. no, she works, she's, she's a working. straight yeah. arrow, man. She right. is like as straight edge as they come. But she'll whip all the crazies around her. Yeah, yeah. And where are those crazies, too? The people who work for her are yeah. part of her crazies. So right. we all are produced as much as her contestants <laughs> are produced, which is really fun. But I think it's really hard because I jumped into an existing machine yeah. where there were there were things already on the, the right. runway. And we had to get more things on the runway. And we've been very lucky so far and, and very fortunate with the networks. I, I have been stunned, honestly with how great the networks that we have worked with in the time that I've been here, you know. And I'm going to name, I'm going to name Bravo. Yes, you know, Bravo. Bravo to Bravo. And I will say TLC. Like, Oh, you're kissing Jason's ass now. It wasn't Jason. <laughs> I'm kidding, pre-Jason. Only Howard. No, it was, <laughs> it was John Hine and Jack Tarantino. Yeah. Okay. They were our partners on the series we did. And right. I mean. That was the dating show. That was the dating show. Yeah. yeah. 
And That's it was great. unbelievable. So I mean, it was refreshing to you since you were sort of in the A&E bubble. Yes. That there were cool networks out there. Exactly. That were good and partners. trust me, there were a lot of networks that I've talked to <laughs> that are not as cool. Yeah. But the truth is they will never know because I won't name them here. <laughs> but I will name the good ones. Like yeah. the, it's really uh, – I, I will tell you, Erica Forstat Daily from, yeah. from Bravo. Yeah. Who I knew from MTV. She yeah. was an MTV New York oh, girl, but I'd never worked with her. Yeah. She was our exec on Invite Only for Bravo. Yeah. This girl is amazing. This girl came to the freaking edit bay and sat and did the first round of notes with us in the room so we could talk about it. Yeah. And not be like, here are my notes. Just I do love them. That. She's like, I see what you mean. Yeah. We'll do this. So your job, it's what's your title? Uh, I'm chief creative officer. Oh. I know. <laughs> so am I. Such a good yeah, made exact, up title. I know. I'm I like, by it. the way, what does that mean? Right. I'm the one who puts my finger in all the holes well, as they exactly. like pop. I'm like, hurry. Well, get so over then here. what does it mean for, for you at your company? Are you responsible for coming up with ideas as your development team bring them to you and then you're the one who's bringing them out with Sally Ann? Like, how, what's the day to day? I mean, it, it really does change a lot. We have an amazing development team Josh Peters and Kitty Gamble and Megan Pickett, who have been with her for a long time mm-hmm. and are. Are, are so smart and so underappreciated in this community. I just yeah. want to give them a shout out. Okay. They're so unbelievable. But they know her and they know her working style yeah. too. So they can give me the workarounds. Like she doesn't like this as much. She's right. better with this. So they help that. But they're responsible really for the development. Okay. And then we don't have a head of current. So a lot oh, of that you falls. you don't? No. So a lot of that falls on me. So you're overseeing current too. I do current also. But wow. Sally Ann does current too. Right. Like Sally Ann will be. She's out exactly, in the field. She's in the field. So she yeah. knows. And then like, but I love post and I love storytelling. Yeah. And I love our EPs in post. And our editors are so good. And And I think that. If, you know, like when I was younger, it was always like, what language will you study in school? I wish for my kids that they'll learn how to edit because yeah. that's that's the language that you need now. Yeah. That's the best way to communicate. So, And also you get to get your hands dirty in a way that you probably didn't at A&E in terms of right. being in the edit bays and, exactly. and having your hands and everything. Exactly. And again, I think that more than anything, I like to be a backstop for people. Like, right. come and be creative. Let me help you. Let me help you figure this out. Because, again— Having been on the network side, I also don't like to be like, and if that's wrong, that's wrong. Like, everything's fixable. Everything's changeable yeah, and malleable. But you, but you also have the wonderful perspective of the network side, which is, you know, the those of us who've been on the production company side for so long don't think about the marketing. Don't think about all of the things you know are going to take to sell a show. Well, I, I'm always amazed, like, when you go in now to a room. Sally Ann is an exception. Sally Ann can literally walk in a room with a piece of paper and sometimes yeah. sell things, which yeah. just does not yeah. happen Ice anymore. to an Eskimo. Exactly. That's the Tom Foreman model yeah. to me. Like, Holy I would shit. Say, I've been in a room with man, Tom. He, brought, he put me to my knees. That man. Yeah. I, 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 I told Sally and I would say this, too. I'm like, there is no better salesperson in this industry. Hands down. And I, I would come in and I'd be ready. I'd be like, he's coming in today. Don't say yes. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't fall don't, for don't it. fall for this. And well, I'd be like, I want five things. I know. The thing about Tom is he's so exceptionally smart. Yes. And he can read a room really well. So he knows how to, um, like with us, we did the John Bonet show with him. And yeah. and I consider myself a pretty good salesperson. I was like, hover, like uh, you know, fetal position in the corner. I like, know. you got this. He um, can take an incredible amount of complicated information and make it totally digestible in 10 minutes or exactly. five minutes. And that's a rare skill. And he makes you, as the buyer, feel very smart also. He's like, yes. I, you'll understand. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, he's very self-effacing. You get me, exactly. Yeah. Oh, you understand. He's really good. But, but I'm always amazed that people don't realize that, like, if I walk into you and you're the network yeah. and I pitch you a show, I better give you something so amazing that you're going to be able to pitch to your boss 
everybody has a boss. Absolutely. Except for Nancy everyone <laughs> right. has a boss. Yeah. Everyone has a boss they have yeah. to sell if up If it's to. not easy to pitch up, then you're not doing your job. Or if you don't have a piece of tape, yeah. even if it's a found I footage agree. tape, like, you've got to be able Something. to do it because if you're walking in and you're not that good at sales, you're like, uh, they had a great idea and it was about this thing with an owl and yeah. they had headphones. Right. You're like, if you're oh, lucky boy. enough to be the one sort of pitching to the decision maker, which doesn't happen that often, uh, then you're good. But most, like you said, most of the time it's going to be one step above, even if it is the decision maker. Exactly. It's going to be the Nancy Dubuque. So. Exactly. Okay, so back to Sally Ann. So what were we saying, though, about oh, what you bring in terms of the uh, network expertise yeah. that you got? So, so I think that, you know, I think what, what happens is I do try to help them. And Sally Ann has said, like, it is helpful sometimes to get off those calls and be like, that, we, we have to deal with them differently. Yeah. I'm hearing what they're saying. Yes. And it's not because they're trying to be difficult, but they're getting this from their production management right, or whatever. Right. So you just know a little more of the politics going into it. Yeah. And it makes it a little more, not that I think it's, you know, brain surgery, but I do think that it helps. And then, you know, I was saying, I think before we went on the air, I said it's so hard because I was a buyer for so long that I find myself so nervous sometimes, almost paralyzed <laughs> to pitch people because I'm like, oh, my God, this isn't totally buttoned up. It's not exactly <laughs> what they're going to want. How can I make it better for them? Because you never want to let a friend down. And when you become friendly with these people, you never want them to be like, oof. Last time Drew came in with that show about garbage cans. Like, that's the <laughs> worst. Like, right. oh, maybe he can take a meeting down the hall now. Like, you always want to make sure right. that you're leaving, you're putting your best foot forward and that you're leaving that door open for the next time. Because maybe the garbage can show isn't the right one. But if you allow them, and if you don't fight with them about it, I had a lot of people fight with me. And they're like, you don't understand. It's really good. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, let me let me think about it. That's then. a great approach. <laughs> Producers, take like, heed. <laughs> always argue with people yeah, you're pitching really to. Really knock knock them down a few pegs. Those stupid heads. <laughs> they don't know. What do they know? They're yeah, stupid. That'll get the job done. Exactly. Oy. But I think, but I do think I I do appreciate that I've been able to have that the perspective, the, the perspective of both sides. And I'm yeah. lucky because yeah. a lot of people don't, you know. So. Would you ever go back to the network side again? I, yeah, you never say never. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. People are always like, what would your dream job be? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, making shows. Yeah. Making shows. Whatever it looks like. And, and I got to tell you something. Making shows that, like, have interesting storytelling. Yeah. And, like, you can do that just about anywhere. Whether yeah. you're in a network or at a production company. That's the nice thing. And to have the luxury of working, doing it with people that you care about, yeah. that to me is the biggest takeaway. I look at all the places that I've been. I agree. I have made the best friends in the world at these places yeah. and 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 they stay with me like there are people from time warner you know wow. from from back in the day and media link i have stayed friends <laughs> with every one of these groups in some way or another it's not like every day i see them <laughs> right but thank god for instant messenger yeah facebook's the best Facebook. Yeah, it Facebook is. Facebook me. It's fun. Yeah. Um, it's a great way to keep in touch. And it's nice because, again, like I can walk into a room then to pitch somebody and be like, oh, my God, how was Palm Springs last week? I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you have an instant icebreaker. Sure. So you're not like, what are you even doing? So, <laughs> oh, I know what you're doing. No, and I stalked you before I came in the room. Yeah. So. No, it's true. Okay. So we go, we're going to get to our stock questions. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about rhetoric. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that that was your major. I know. Um, okay. What's your proudest accomplishment, professional accomplishment? Because I know that your kids are your proudest. You know, I, Born This Way is an easy one to point right. to. Right. But I'm, I'm, I'm proud of so many shows. And I'm really proud. There's one. I always like to talk about one that's like no one really knows about. Okay. In 2000, Brian Graydon let us do a, a 12-week soap opera. 
It was a total experiment, a serialized Monday through Friday soap opera. Wow. And it was, everyone's like, oh, Undressed. I'm like, no, no, no. It was after yeah, Undressed. Yeah, I remember Undressed. It was called Spider Games. And it was from a writing team, Christian McLaughlin and Valerie Ahern. And we met with all the soap opera world. And Sally Sussman Marina was our, our, our queen who had come from Days of Our Lives. And she came and helped us. And Sunset Beach, the Aaron Spelling soap, had just been canceled. So we got a ton of the actors from Sunset Beach oh, no show. Way. It was a total murder mystery. Really? It was a it was a um, ahead of its time. It was and it was wildly ahead of its time because it was like there was a crystal meth storyline and a closeted guy storyline and like a horrible abuse storyline. Like there were all these so great it was all things. Scripted. It was all scripted. Yeah. yeah. It was a real soap opera. Yeah. In a stage, all that so stuff. Cool. So we took us a long time to get the tone right and to figure out what it was. And then yeah. we started airing it. And it wasn't it didn't do well, I'm not yeah. going to lie, but we were really proud of it. But the whole thing led up to a big reveal of who the murderer was. Yeah, it was JR. And you know what it was? Uh, you know when that announcement happened? It was supposed to happen on September 11th, 2001. 2001. Oh <laughs> so my God. so the world never knew who had killed oh, uh, who had killed the father, who had killed Boris. Osama bin Laden. Exactly. But That's I horrible. still stand by that, and that world exposed me. Like, I think if I'd played my cards any differently— that world, the world of soap operas, is so fascinating to me. Yeah. And I love telling stories on an ongoing basis. Yeah. And I love the math that goes into having to tell those stories. Right. And to know, well, I only where. have this actor for three days this week, but I've got to get them in the scene. And I only have the library set for this day. Like, that is so fascinating to me. And just the fact that we got it on the air— and even though no one really saw it, I saw it, and the writers saw it. Well, and that was, was a big deal because it was scripted, right? Because you had yeah. been mostly doing unscripted. Yeah, that must yeah, have been yeah. fun. It was fun. Do you want to get back into scripted? I love doing scripted. Yeah. I love doing scripted. Again, if those opportunities come up, absolutely. Yeah. I know that, you know, there are some people who talk to us about it a little bit, and I'm like, I will do I will do anything. I'll do anything for that chance to kind of just move into different directions, too. And especially for 495, I feel like we're working hard. To, we have a great series that we're doing digitally right now. Yeah. And we've never done, we had not done a digital show at this point. So it yeah. was like a lot of learning about that. And again, it, we we have a really amazing mentor in Melanie Moreau, who's at yeah. 90 who's amazing. From CMT, from, right? She's been I remember CMT. Melanie. She's exactly. Sweet. She's amazing. Yeah. And so she's helping us a lot with it. But like, once we get that and get yeah. that on the air, which will be third, like fourth quarter this year, that will be kind of our calling card. Like, nice. look what we can do. We right. can make shows that are going to live on your phone, that are going to live anywhere. You know. That's I, awesome. I want to. You know, again, I don't feel like I'm not the kid anymore. Yeah. Like, I always felt like, ah, I'm the kid. I'll oh, figure too. this out. And I I'm know. like, oh, I'm really old. I'm, I'm like, wow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they call me grandma in the office. <laughs> They're like, because that was a, during Tila, we'd be doing things. I'm like, uh, I don't know if we can do that. Like, calm down, grandma. grandma. They're like, shut up. I was their network executive, mind you. That's I'm like, hilarious. That's how they treated me. So I love it with respect. Exactly. I'll respect your So elders. that's what I'm proud. I'm proud as a born this way and spider games. I love that. Do you have any regrets? Oh, yes. You've had a few? Uh, regrets, I've had a few. Do you pour me a drink? Yeah, there, there are a lot of mistakes that were made and a lot of behavioral decisions and choices that I made and producers I hired and relationships that I didn't manage well. Like, no names until we go to lunch. I'll I tell you lunch. Wait. Exactly. We got to wrap yeah. this up. Exactly. We got to go. Sorry. <laughs> so what's your, what are your favorite shows that you're watching right now? Uh, first of all, like all praise to the TV gods of summer because CBS and Alison Grodner and Rich Meehan are bringing me a big brother three yeah. times a week. You love it. Oh my God. I love it. We and do, now I just talked to Jackie Pittman. She, she was talking all about she casted season two. Exactly. She lives for it. That was the big, that was the big change. Season, right. So. right. That's what she said. And then Robin Cass, who's yeah, close with Robin Cass. Oh, she 
she's so amazing too. So that's so exciting. You and I just am like a fanboy. And one day Allison's like, do you want to see the house? I'm like, I don't know. I'm so excited. And she took me behind the scenes. I'm like, picture. oh my God, no yeah. pictures. Oh, you're not allowed. No. Oh, heavens no. Heavens no. Heavens no. But so you that love is a big heaven. brother. I love that. And again, that's like a soap opera. Do you love Survivor too? I love Survivor. Yeah. So you're like but the big really network nice. show. But what's really nice is that Jerry has been Survivor from day one. Yeah. I dropped out for a while. Okay. And then he got the kids in this year. Yeah. The kids now can watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's a good show for kids. It's cause. fine. And now, yeah. by the way, so is Big Brother. Big Brother is really? Yes. Big Brother's scheming, but it's not like... <laughs> It's they should not, learn that. I mean, it's part should, of being in the they world. They should learn what swimsuits they could wear to best flatter their shape. Like, that's I think that's hilarious. important. So, uh, Big Brother. And I love um, I love the Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, I love, yes. I love Who's your favorite one? I go old school. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still a Richards. I'm still the, Kyle. I'm, I'm still Kim Kyle, Kyle and Kim. Kim. I, Kim's such a they've been around for, they've been around for so long. And like, I know the new flavors come and go. And I, God bless. I love Elisa Rinna too, but. I had her on the podcast. I know you did. She was you great. must have been in heaven. In heaven. She's the smallest thing. She's, she's so, as thin as she is, she's tiny. She's like, she could fit in my pocket. <laughs> she's so cute. Pocket Rinna. Pocket Rinna. That's yeah. fun. She was great. But I love, but I love, I love just the torture that I know that, the. Doug and Alex go through producing that show. I love, too. I love them so much. I love Alex and I. Alex worked with us friends. on TV, right? He was like five. He was in high he school. He brought like a pilot. He was in high He's school. He's a boy wonder. Another he really boy was. Wonder. He was in high school. I he was going him. to school at Crossroads. He's I think awesome. It's Crossroads. Oh, was yeah. I think so. Well, his dad was like a successful sitcom writer. Yeah. Um, wait, that just. Oh, do you watch uh, Roni? Do you watch New York Housewives of New York? I don't watch. This Roni. season is amazing. Yeah, that makes me feel like a bad person. I try to watch oh, an episode of everything. But I can't keep up with all of it anymore. Yeah, it's a I lot of a lot of house. And I love a scripted show. Yeah, and I feel like I'm so behind. Last night I had like an hour, and I'm like, "What am I gonna yeah, do?" Yeah, what'd you watch? I I, I jumped into Twin Peaks because I yeah. love Twin Peaks from oh, when okay. I was a little younger, yeah. than 25 <laughs> years ago. Um, and it's a very weird move. Yeah. What I'm excited about for the summer that I saved was Riverdale. Yeah. Because you, can't, I heard it's great. I have to tell you something. Just put kids in a high school right, and make, and that's because well, you're there. a John Hughes guy. I'm a John Hughes guy. I know. Hughes I know guy. that from Facebook and me too. Sixteen Candles like my end all be all. Pretty in Pink, Breakfast yes, Club. I know every it. word. I mean, Footloose. <laughs> I can do every word. Like, let's break out of John Hughes just in '80s movies. Yeah. Can do that can't buy me love. An yeah. all-time favorite. Do you know Durana Fear? Of course. Yeah, I, I had him on, and he talked about how basically it was his mission, might still be, to basically turn every John Hughes movie into a show. It's what we wanted to do. That's what I think MTV was doing yeah. also. I yeah. think it was such a great idea. We did this one pilot um, based around proms, not like their promposal show, but proms. based around proms um, that was like a secret admirer kind of show. Oh, yeah. That was so sweet. It didn't go forward, but we shot it in San Marino at the high school and literally yeah. just walking through the halls of the high school. I'm like, oh, my yes. God. It's such a ripe world. Did you watch 13 Reasons Why? No, I'm a little nervous to watch it. It looks really dark. Um, I know you said it was amazing. It is It is one of the yeah. best things I've seen on television. And, wow. I, and I'm not going to deny that it's very dark, but it is the sweet spot. It is like... Yeah. Depression and anxiety and angst. high school <laughs> right. angst in high school with like an 80s soundtrack. And like, even though that's present day, it's clearly made right. by people our age because it's like on cassette tapes and there's okay. a retro feel right. to it. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize. I thought it actually was retro, but it's not. Oh, no, no. They're oh, texting and they're oh, cyberbullying okay. and stuff. There's all kinds of stuff. I think there, I so. should watch it because I think it's like important to watch. I think you should too. And I think as a yeah. parent, it's a really, really oh, hard thing God. to see because I, you're like, oh my I, God, I have I, a daughter. This I'm is like, what I, yeah, I have so much anxiety already, Drew. How old is your son? 
I well, I have two stepsons. Okay. A twenty and twenty-four. Oh, so they're yeah, they're yeah, they're out of the yes. Oh, yeah. It's your daughter, the one that yeah, yeah. Oh God, and girls, girls, girls. They're not easy. No, no. I mean, not the I, our daughters are easy, right. but like, well, but no, maybe yours. Not exactly. <laughs> I'm like, but no, but I just I worry about that. Uh, and you see it in second grade, you know. Like, I I, wow. I can't. I literally. And you see can't. this kind of like the 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 peer pressure and the the the, the crap that they put on this girl, and you know where it goes. Like, it's not like surprise. Like, you yeah. know how it's going to end, but. It is so spectacularly done. It's like, it's like freaks and geeks. Oh God, my my analogy was it was like it was like it had the feel of freaks and geeks with that very real feel. Yeah, meets the perks of being a wallflower. Oh, I love that movie. Okay, done and done. Well, Drew, <gasps> what can I say? What can I? Say? What? Thank you for. Ha- I feel like. Like I've cheated and snuck in like in someone else's slots. So you have. Thank you. Well, you're welcome to co-host anytime. Thank you. Oh, great. I'll be back next week, guys. <laughs> right here. And I, I, I don't know. She may fall down the stairs yeah, exactly. next week. So, oh, that's Jesus. It'll just be you and me next week. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. You can take it. You can take it. Be my sub and host. <gasps> I need to approve the guest. Exactly. Exactly. It was so much anytime. fun. Thank you so much Thank for having you. me. I really appreciate it. I love having you and I love you. I love you. Also. Kissy, kissy. Kissy, kissy. <laughs>